Hello and welcome back to the Business in Sports Discourse. My name is Matt Chittle. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Jason Macaluso. Jason, before we get into it, I just want to give you just props for being on the on the latest Work Play Love podcast. I know they couldn't <laughs> quite spit out your last name correctly. We're going to make an intro with that pronunciation because we just can't resist here on the BSD. But first of all, congratulations. I know Jesse is you know someone that you've been a big fan of for a long time. It just must have been such a thrill to be on that show. Um, you know, Maybe no one even knew that you were because they couldn't pronounce your name correctly, but I was there I, and I was with you in spirit. I'm like trying not to spit to the microphone. Yeah, so the quick background on this for our listeners that are like, what the frick is Matt talking about? So you get this text from from someone like, hey, Jesse Thomas, Lauren Fleshman just mentioned your guys' podcast on the Work Love Play, uh, or yeah, mentioned our podcast on their podcast that they just launched last week. So you and I are like all psyched, right? We're like, somebody's giving us some notoriety, especially Jesse Thomas, who I've spoken to before. Had him on my other podcast, and he's just such a great down earth guy. I'm like, holy cow, he totally remembers me. You know, here we go. So <laughs> I'm listening to it. I fast forward like 20 minutes in, and somebody wrote in, and I'm going to paraphrase, you know, hey, Jesse, um, I was listening to the Business Sports Discourse podcast, um, co host, you know, co hosted by Matt Chittam. And when they got to my name, Lauren was reading this question, and she butchered my name so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so bad oh god i was mowing the lawn when i heard it and i like had to stop the mower and start laughing i, I couldn't control myself right and, and you could just tell because they didn't edit it like she tried you know once or twice to get through my last name and the look on her face must have been like what is this all I love about how jesse didn't step in like he knows well, you like he ha- you guys have had many conversations i love you just like- let it roll i love <laughs> that was the best part I'm like, okay, here comes Jesse. So I've talked to Jesse in my other triathlon podcast. I've talked to Jesse on a couple of work podcasts. And in fact, I emailed him two months ago about this podcast, the BSD. So he has seen my name. We have spoken many times. I have his cell phone number. And I'm like, he's going to step in, correct his wife. Nope. Doesn't even acknowledge. No, Jason Malacuso it is. <laughs> <laughs> but dude it. didn't even acknowledge like yeah i heard you know when jason reached out to me him and matt are doing this great show no nothing didn't even talk about the show so so jesse so you and lauren owe us something and even if it's just a, a great intro to our show going forward that's it that's <laughs> uh, all we need that's, that's it. all we i need. know i know you're going to keep your piggy bar subscription that thing won't oh, totally. fail and now we just have a really humorous intro that we're going to get right on and i can't wait for that thing to be a part of our podcast I love it. Be, music be damned. We're going to have Lauren and Jesse's intro to our show. Exactly. The Business in Sports Discourse with Matt Chittam and Jason Mecca, 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 yeah. Malacuso. There Malacuso. It, it was Welcome Malacuso. to the BSD. So, <laughs> little, little, so, you know, if you listen to this, get ready for that intro. Coming your way, August 2020. Before we get to that, though, let's talk a little bit about What's happening in the event race scene? Uh, this is a topic that we've covered many times, um, usually along the same lines of how are race organizations handling COVID in terms of what are they doing with races, with cancellations, with suspensions, and with race entry fees are kind of been the big four topics that we've discussed. One thing that we haven't really spent a lot of time talking about, a little bit with Iron Man, but nothing really extensive is what is happening to these larger race organizations in terms of their structure 
and their ability to retain employees, their revenue, and what they may be looking like going forward. The reason we want to talk about it now is because earlier this week, NYRR, the New York Roadrunners, they um they basically cut a large portion of their staff. They overall uh, laid off and furloughed a combined 91 employees, which was over a third of their staff. This was a huge blow to that organization, which brings in uh, roughly $100 million a year in revenue. So they are not small potatoes. They are a giant within the endurance sporting community. And this is, I'm sure, will be the first of many dominoes to fall, currently a major, a very public domino. There might be other organizations that have already hit the skids a little bit, but maybe they're not as public in terms of when uh, when this sort of thing happens to them. Ultimately, Jason, obviously this was not a surprise, but it was a huge bummer because we're not even midway through 2020 yet. And you see this happen. You're like, holy cow, we haven't even gone a whole year without racing. Certainly some races are canceled. And wow, this happened quicker than I expected for them, especially considering that they did get a PPP loan, which would have been in the low to mid seven figure range. Yeah. And you're right. This check this, you know, put this under the bummer category, right? We don't want to be negative, but we are here to talk about the cold reality of what's going on. And and this goes back to when these races started getting canceled as endurance athletes and participants, we all got pissed off and we're like, you know, I want my money back or why are you deferring my fees? But at the end of the day, these are real companies, real organizations with real revenue. A hundred million dollars is no joke. So, you know, their overhead, and again, that's the thing, these companies have huge overhead, right? So you have a couple hundred employees, you have insurance, you have liabilities. And um, I know NYR for the New York City Marathon were able to give back some of the money, but I think regardless of whether they give back some entry fees for the New York City Marathon, and you mentioned the, uh, the PPP loan. So at the end of the day, there's still a huge overhead that they have to deal with. Um, but I think you just said it before that I'm quite shocked it happened as fast as it did. But this could be, I mean, this is really their make or break couple of months, right? I mean, I think up to this point, they already canceled 30 races, I, I believe. Um, you know, we're already going into August and, you know, the season's basically halfway done. Right. And it's over. I mean, they canceled all yeah. just the races. Yes, that so right. Are, so their season's done. Come. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so they're, I mean, I shouldn't say, their in-person racing is over. They have created a broad menu of virtual race options. They've actually partnered with Strava, right? Strava is not yep. a virtual race. Um, it, it is Strava is a lot of things. It is not a home for virtual racing. That's not why it was created. They've done a pretty good job of pivoting into virtual racing. You can't just create a virtual race and have it housed there and have it be a real, you know, seamless conversion. I know this as someone who, you know, housed four <laughs> different races on Strava. Um, but you did just, it quick. Right. But it also wasn't made for. It, right. right. And I had to do a lot of manual work because that's just not what the platform was made for. However, with that said, they've done a really good job of partnering with NYRR to create a seamless organization and being able to mesh, you know, a, um, a platform that is so ubiquitous within the endurance, uh, endurance community with an organization that may be the biggest race organization in the country. So it makes a lot of sense that they partnered. The fact that that virtual race off alone couldn't even get them through half a year of cancellations isn't a great sign. In addition, you have to remember that while we talk about race fees, and I should say not race fees, but race entry, race entry fees, and what 
each organization plans to do with that money. And there's shoot, reasonable people can differ on what those organizations should do with, with that money. And I think a lot of organizations have pivoted over time in terms of the kinds of deferments that they're offering. A big chunk of the money here is also sponsorship dollars, right? Yep. Like there's a ton of sponsorship dollars that goes through NYRR for their signature events, and they can make holistic and comprehensive sponsorship plans around more than just their signature events, right? They can house other events as well, kind of like you see signage at a baseball stadium. There might be an enormous sign in center field, but there are some smaller signs in around the stadium. There also might be three luxury boxes that go with that sponsorship, so on and so forth. I wouldn't be surprised if NYR did something similar in regards to the race sponsorship, but that money is gonzo, right? I mean, you can get uh, virtual race sponsorship. I've got virtual race sponsorship before, and if I can do it, I'm sure they can. But it obviously is not enough because here we are. They're making huge changes, and it really is such a bummer, like you said, um, because this is an organization that, while they're known internationally for what they've done with, say, um, the New York City Marathon, a couple of their other big races, they are you know doing much smaller scale things as well within the New York run, New York road running scene. And, you know, not every race they put together is this huge race. A lot of them are community races. A lot of them are kind of like more like a kind of a souped up group run in a sense. And they're, they're a big part of that community. And I'm sure other, you know, I'm sure other uh, organizations can kind of pick up the ball, uh, maybe just more of a volunteer situation, but at the same time, man, yeah, I know I'm talking a lot here, but it's not as if everybody who has helped out at these races is a paid member of the New York Roadrunner staff. They are extremely volunteer heavy with a lot of the stuff they do. And even then they couldn't maintain literally for six months in terms of what, what this uh, virus has done. Yeah. And I think um, you, you've touched on a lot of points in that. <laughs> um. I'm, just, I'm just getting it all out. I'm just getting it all out before I forget it. <laughs> um, no, but you know, the, one of the reasons we, why you and I wanted to do this show is because there's a legitimate business happening behind all of these events and uh, races and organizations. So, you know, um, NYRR is a business. They're in the, in the business to make money. Um, although they do a lot of charitable and philanthropic um, things for the community and a lot of great things. At the end of the day, they're in the business to make money and they have a, a payroll and they have staff. And yes, most of the races are run by volunteers, but they have people that work all year, all the time to get these things going. Um, Ironman, another organization, global organization, excuse me, we've talked about them in the past. They are in the business to make money. Um, they've been bought and sold many times over the past couple of years. They were publicly traded for a while. Again, a legitimate business. So at the end of the day, you know, as athletes, we're ticked off because we can't race. But then look at the other side, there's people running these companies. And yeah, you know, you said you, it, it happened so fast. And I agree with you, but this is, this is their make or break couple of months. You know, if this virus happened in, let's say, you know, after the NYC marathon in late November, you know, they would have six months to figure out what was next, right? They'd have a couple of small races, but this literally happened right at the beginning of their season, wiped out their whole summer. And at this point, they can't put on a fall race. So they really happened at that most inopportune time for them. It really is amazing to me that. And I'm not casting aspersions here. I just, I just think it's wild that 
no major organization has figured out a way to have elites race each other in a safe area. It's like we have talked about this consistently since the minute we started this podcast, and you Somebody and I listen to us, and you and I have talked about this consistently since long before then. In terms of like, can they just get 10, 15, 20 individuals from you know inside the United States? Because with international travel, that does create a hiccup. But people who you know they could be international runners just happen to live here, right? I mean, there's 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 plenty of them that do. Um, just like there's American runners who you know train outside the United States. But getting some cohort of people to go to a spot and then have a race for the elites. And being able to partner with some sort of operation that can film it. I mean, I just I just refuse to believe that this wasn't possible. I just can't believe it. I, I mean, maybe this this is maybe this is just being me, me being naive. I know that there's a way to do this. And I know that there is certainly an appetite to see it done, especially for the elite runners, especially for the sponsors and the agents. And the networks who want to film live sports. Like, I just don't believe that you can't get, figure out a way to get 10 of the best American uh, women, 10 of the best American men. Again, just people who live in America at the time. They don't have to be American. Just people who live here and put on a race of some distance, you know, you know, and, and, and figure that out. Like, again, a lot of these states have these quarantine rules of, hey, you've come into the state. From another state, you have to quarantine for 14 days. Fine, then quarantine for 14 days, right? Like, and then do it. Like, figure out a way to get it done, whether that's the time trial method or spacing out the runners or what have you, or just test everybody the day of and then go. I mean, I just think that this was doable. I still think it's doable. And I just think that um, if, if this never happens, I feel like it's going to be an opportunity missed by some of these big boys that have the political sway to make it happen if they so desired. Yeah. And, you know, let's let's talk about other major sports. You know, Major League Baseball is trying to get a 60-game season going. So if they – obviously, they're having some hard times right now with that. Only um, one team. Only the Marlins. Every other co- team is fine. Correct. And that's a good point. But so my point was, is they're trying to get 60 games. Your point is they just want to get one freaking race. So if they could do one race in the United States and then – do it geographically. Do one race in the northeast, one race in the south, you know, southeast um, down the line, and then do a couple global races. You know, Berlin Marathon's another one that's canceled. Or Why just can't do, do a series. A- just do right. a series, right? right. Like, like, I know. Like, like the 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 track out in Oregon is finished. Yep. Right. Where they want to hold the the U.S. Championships, that thing is done. It's there. Right. And Oregon is now is, is becoming a hotspot now. So maybe that's not the place. I don't know. Go to freaking Boise State University. It's in Idaho. There's no cases. Wyoming has Ooh, zero cases. Uh, right? Iron like, Man just canceled Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. There you go. Well, you, but you, you know what I mean? It's like I know, you, I'm can just go, <laughs> you can test. Yeah. You can quarantine. Then you can have a series. And all these other sports are doing it that are so much more intricate and much more hard to manage. And if they can do it, of course running can do it. Of course they can. And when I see the fact that they haven't been able to do it, it really shows the ineffectiveness of organizations like the USATF in terms of their ability. Again, I know they're trying to do little things, but again, like you could make this happen. This is not a hard task, comparatively speaking, to these other sports. And if you want to, you want to act as if that this sport 
is as just as legit and professional as those other sports, then this could have been the easiest sport besides golf to get off the ground. And golf did get right. off the ground. They're playing. Yeah. They they are doing their thing, man. And they got a lot more people than tracked us. Well, how about this? So the Tour de France, I remember we talked about that a while ago. Um, that's coming up. And it is still on track, on pace to happen. Um, so, I, you know, that's going to be a task in and of itself. That's three weeks. But to your point, you're looking at one day, you know, one day around the world, have a bunch of, you know, elites locally just run against each other. It makes such big sense. And, I, you know, I don't know. There has to be something more behind it than just saying we can't do it. Like I'm thinking about like Doha, right? So not Doha, yeah, Doha where the world champions were this year. Right. So they're out there running in like 95 degree weather at 2 a.m. because it's so darn hot. Right. <laughs> right. So they're doing like the world championship marathon and like and Roberta Groner is crushing it. I remember talking to her like the next day. She did wonderfully. And it's like they ran like a six mile loop and they ran like you know, it was like six and a half mile loop. They ran it four times. Yeah. Right. That was what they did. They ran a marathon. Right. The benefit of that is that you don't even have to have moving cameras. Right. You can just have stationary cameras. You can do, you know, so you say you have, again, you go somewhere in the middle of nowhere and you just say, hey, we're going to run this race and we can plant cameras and we're going to do a 10K or we'll do a 5K or we'll do a series. We'll do a 5K and a 10K and a half. And we're going to separate them by two weeks. Yep. Right? So we'll have the five, we'll have the 5K, we'll have three days off, we'll have the 10K, then we'll have 10 days, 10 days off and then we'll have the half marathon. And no one leaves, everyone stays and everyone gets tested before the race. And you know every elite would be on top of that in a heartbeat. They would be on top of it. Their sponsors would kill for this. Oh, yeah, 100%. The agents would kill for this. The demand would far exceed the supply in terms of space. It would be everything. And then you can you can name it. You can get corporate sponsorship. You can have, again, ESPN and all these places are dying to show right. some live sports. <laughs> yep. This yep. would not be an issue at all. I'm sure there are valid reasons why this hasn't happened. But- I just failed. I, I do not believe that those reasons are valid enough for it not to happen because we're seeing other sports that are infinitely more complex getting it done. So, so um, Ironman tried to do this virtually um, with their pros, and we had talked to Cody about this, um, but it was kind of you know, kind of to your point, half-assed, nothing really spectacular. However, I messaged you a couple weeks ago, uh, Super League Triathlon, which is a very different type of triathlon racing, is putting together something very similar. And there's some, some, some details that just came out, so I don't have all the information, but they're trying to do something that's enclosed, bring on their you know, limited number of top athletes. It's going to happen somewhere, I believe, in Europe. Again, don't have all the details. So you have to be there, right? If you're American, you can't be over there. But they're going to do theirs. Um, it's going to be, I think the swim's going to be in a pool. They're going to do the bike on the trainer and the run is going to be at a treadmill. So although not exactly what you're talking about, the point is it seems like some of these I'll say smaller organizations are, you know, taking your cue and be like, these big boys are messing this up. We have an opportunity here to step up and do some good things. And uh, hopefully more of those will start popping up because the athletes want to do it. You know, they're, they're, they're chopping at the bit to, to keep training for something than just training for nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm trying to figure <laughs> out the people who would be anti this. Right. That's I'm like, <laughs> who's, yeah, who's every taking the other side of yeah. the argument. Right. 
come on, bring it on. Someone, someone out there has to message us and say, that's an awful idea. Right. Like I only think, only think two things I can come up with. They're like the people who like don't get into the bidding war, whether it's, <laughs> they were too late know, the, you know, in terms, of, terms of showing the live feed or the athletes who get, you know, you know, who, who want to get in the mix, but don't get in the mix. Hey, you're like, you're accepting too many Nike athletes. Where are the new balance athletes? Right. Whatever, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Ultimately, this is why you have allegedly, oh, I'm not going to say allegedly. That's just, I'm like, no, no need to put fuel in the fire. This is why you have organizations <laughs> like the USATF to kind of strike through that, that corporate mess and say, no, we're going to get the 20 athletes who we think would be a best fit for whatever we're trying to do. And that's it. Yeah. Like, you know, will, 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 will there be arguments for like the three to five people who you could argue should have been in? Of course there will be. And, you know, that's the breaks. No matter where you put, no matter where you put the line in the sand, there'll be arguments about the other side of the line. And that's the way it goes. However, this is best. This is what's best for the sport. So, th- this is. It just shocks me. It just shocks me that they can't get this done. Literally, you could. No one's using the airports. Go run around a freaking airport. Right. Like just go to that. You know, like those things. There's no planes flying. Go over there and run. You know, you can just. You, wait, hold on. You made a good point, though. Let me just interrupt you because you made a really good point we should go back to is you said, why isn't USATF doing this? My point of Super League is it's Iron Man is not doing this. It's a small little, a smaller company like Super League that doesn't have all, you know, they have a different caliber of athletes. So it's not going to be USATF that's going to do this. It has to be another, um, I don't know, like a, like a Diamond League sort of thing or, you know, something obviously smaller than that that just gets us to, to happen. I don't the problem think it's is there is no league. there is no centralized beyond the USATF. Like you have the NYRR, you have Atlanta Track Club, you know you have Chicago's version of that as well, and their name escapes me right now. Lord knows why. Um, but those organizations, maybe NYR and Atlanta Track Club have the cachet to get that done. Um, but that's not you don't their think that's, someone would that's not their game either. But like, but that but that's really like when you talk about USATF and you take the next step down, that's that's the group you're talking about, unless right. I'm missing something. No, but that's my point. It has to be why can't it be one of them to be like, hey, we're just gonna do it. Well, why why won't one of them do it? That's a good question. And I guess okay. this and, 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 and to make it full circle to NYRR cutting or cutting staff, which obviously they didn't want to do, and it's heartbreaking and you yeah, feel for the people correct. who you know, a year ago today, probably, probably, you know, bragged about their job. I get to, I get to yep. live and work my passion. <laughs> I love running and I get to work running and, and I love it. And they were probably a volunteer before they got a full-time staff job and, and now they're out of a job and, and it's heartbreaking. And, and I don't, and I don't, I have nothing but empathy and sympathy for those people. With that said, I just can't believe the leadership at NYR couldn't figure out some way to get elites to race elites in a closed environment in a way that they could turn it into a TV or visual product that people would want to buy because everyone wants that. And I can't think of the other side of the argument. And you can't say, well, it's the virus. The virus is the other side of the argument. No. No. Testing testing 10 to 20 people in a major organization, if you have corporate sponsorship, is not that big of a deal. If Joe Rogan can test each one of his guests for COVID before they come on his podcast, then freaking a race organization <laughs> with millions and millions of sponsorship dollars could right. do the same thing for 20 athletes. I, I just, so, I, the testing is not the problem. You know what the problem was? The, the, my opinion is they, they all got so short-sighted with this virus. And look, we all did. So I'm not obviously 
we're looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty. But all these organizations came out with, you know, uh, just punting the ball down the field. You know, it, it'll go away. It'll go away. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And now here we are, you know, three months, four months, five months later, and they're laying people off. And, you know, it's definitely not too late, right? There's so many more months left in the year that they could do this. So they just have to be like, okay, we were wrong. Let's make this happen. And we still have the best part of the the running season, which is the fall coming up. Yeah, that's for sure. And it's it's here. It's coming. And the fact of the matter is, is that um, all the races are canceling. Right. They're all canceling, even yep. for, you know, and, and I understand and I expect the races that, you know, are housing amateur runners to cancel because the logistics behind what they're trying to do is just going to be too tough to make it happen. And that's just the breaks. And what we're talking about is something very, very different. Correct. A hundred percent. Yep. So anyway, we are expected to get to like seven other topics in this podcast. We need to get there. <laughs> we'll get there someday. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, my man, Jay Malacuso will not be here next week. He's going on vacation. I'm going to be filling this spot either solo and or with a little interview coming your way. I'm not going to give up who that's going to be because frankly, the interview hasn't happened yet. And I know well enough that (laughs) jinxes are alive and well in the podcast game. So with that being said, Jason, any parting words before you take your break? Uh, yeah, hopefully you don't fill my seat with someone that's going to fill my seat permanently. So um, I want to come back in two weeks, ready to go and, and keep doing what we're doing here and, um, you know, keep this journey going because it's a lot of fun and uh, there's a lot of positive stuff we've been talking about and we got to bring up all the negatives as well. So someday somebody's going to listen to what we're saying on this freaking show and we're like, <laughs> boom, we made a difference. Well, you know what? And here's the thing. I'm not I'm not creating that race that I was just advocating for either. So, I, you know. As, as much as aspersions as I'm casting, you know, I'm shooting them right back at myself. So there you go. With that being said, I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend and have a great day.